Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we are diving into a study of the eighth tradition in the Alcoholics Anonymous Handy Dandy Pocket Guide to Successful Sober Living, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. So when we get to the eighth tradition, we come across this idea that Alcoholics Anonymous isn't able to hire anybody, has got to stay not professional. However, our service centers may employ people that they require or special workers. So where does this come about? Well, like all the other traditions, tradition number eight comes along after the perfect teacher, trial and error, has reaped its benefits across our program. And in doing so, everyone learned. So there's this idea that we can't have hired people. And what they're talking about, the essence of this is our 12th step that we're going to carry this message to the people who still suffer and practice these principles in all our affairs, our 12th step cannot be a paid position. It simply can't be. That service work for Alcoholics Anonymous can't be for paid positions. It doesn't mean we don't have paid people helping us. And they get there a variety of ways. Some of the things that are important to think about here, how does this apply to our life? And what it is, is in, in the story of, as we read it, what you're going to see is there came a time when the people that were early founders of AA needed help. They needed help. They made all this ideology true. They needed to step outside of that ideology and get some help called a paid worker, you know, just someone they were paying to help them out. And in that same way, that applies to you and I, that when I eat, I work the program, I do the steps. And then something intrudes into my life and it just doesn't seem like the steps are working. And it's not that they're not working. I may need to step outside of the ideology of the 12 step program and get some professional help. We all know this for so many things. We all know this for so many things. There comes a point in time where we need help and it's important that we're willing to step outside to get that help. Now, let's say it's a, an emotional issue and you go get a, a treatment of some kind, you know, who knows what kind, it doesn't make any difference, but you step outside to get that treatment, or maybe it's a way that you want to expand your relationship with God, then you step into a religion for that outside help. That's all fine. That's all fine. What we're talking about when we say we'll remain non-professionals that the service work within AA, 12-step calls, running the meeting, maintaining the places, all these things are for us to do. And that each group, like in our fourth tradition, is self-governing on this matter. If a group is large and wants to hire a cleaning company, that's great. Many of our groups hired a garbage service, for instance, right? We have someone come pick up a dumpster. Outside help. That's what they're talking about here. So let's dive in and consider it from that standpoint. From a personal level, it means I got to be willing at some point in time to step away from the ideal, get into the real and get the help that I need. And from the standpoint of AA, it means that we do not get paid. You and I, the people of AA, do not seek monetary compensation for the service work our program re requires or we fail. So it goes on. Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Okay, there it is. Alcoholics Anonymous will never have a professional class of guys like you and me. We have gained some understanding of the ancient words, freely ye have received, freely give. 
we have discovered that at the point of professionalism, money and spirituality do not mix. Almost no recovery from alcoholism has ever been brought about by the world's best professionals, whether medical or religious. We do not decry the professionalism in other fields, but we accept the sober fact that it does not work for us. Every time we have tried to professionalize our 12th step, the result has been exactly the same. Our single purpose has been defeated. So there it is. You know, we got to stay out of this idea of being compensated for the 12th step. It doesn't mean we don't take jobs and rehabs and sober livings and things like that. Not at all. Not at all. It just doesn't qualify as service work. If you're a counselor or a psychologist or a drug counselor or an addiction person, the work that you're getting paid for is work and you just do it according to the standards of your profession. It is not 12-step work. Alcoholics simply will not listen to paid 12-steppers. That's why. That's one of the main reasons why. And you will resent it because after all, aren't I the professional? Right? Exactly. Almost from the beginning, we have been positive that face-to-face -face work with the alcoholic who suffers could be based only, that means only, not sometimes not, not accept, but only on the desire to help and be helped. When an AA talks for money, whether at a meeting or a, to a single newcomer, it can have a very bad effect on him too. The money motive compromises him and everything he says and does for his prospect. The money compromises us. This has always been so obvious that only very few AAs have ever worked the 12th step for a fee. Despite this certainty, here we go, you know, despite this certainty, despite the certainty is just, it's so true of all of us. When we got into our fourth tradition and other traditions, AAs are forewarned that what they're doing, their grandiose ideas, their big plans, we're going to do this bigger and better. We just don't hear it. We got to learn by that perfect teacher, trial and error. Here we go. Despite this certainty, it is nevertheless true that few subjects have been the cause of more contention within our fellowship than professionalism. Caretakers who swept floors, cooks who fried hamburgers, secretaries in offices, authors writing books, all these we have seen hotly assailed because they were, as their critics angrily remarked, making money out of AA. Ignoring the fact that these labors were not 12-step jobs at all, the critics attacked as AA professionals, these workers of ours, who were often doing thankless tasks that no one else could or would do. And there's some foreshadowing in what he's got to say right there. Thankless tasks that no one was willing to do. They still need to be done, right? Even greater furors, furors are situations with many upset people, things that make a group mad. Even greater furors were provoked when AA members began to run rest homes and farms for alcoholics. When some hired out to corporate as personal men in charge of the alcoholic problem in industry. Doesn't that sound like fun? I want to be that guy. I am the personal man in charge of the alcoholism problem in an industry. Let's think about that. In the modern idea today, we have these things called employee assistance programs, EAPs, right? And there may well be a temptation to put somebody that has the experience, strength, and hope that we have into that position to be helpful in that way. Even so, at least as a representative of AA, at least in the spirit of the 12th step, we do not take that job. 
if we're going to handle it, we are a trained certified professional and our only credential isn't that we got sober in AA, well, then of course we can take that job and apply our professional skill in a way that is different than separate from the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. But it is funny to think about. So it goes on. When some became nurses on alcoholic wards, when others entered the field of alcoholic education, in all these instances and more, it was claimed that AA knowledge and experience were being sold for money. There's your critical standard, AA knowledge and experience. That's not the stuff you carry out there and get paid for. Hence, these people too were professionals because they're professionals. They're trained in their skills. At last, however, a plain line of cleavage what? A plain line of cleavage? They mean an area between a woman's breast, right? A plain line of cleavage? No, that's not what they mean. They just mean a space, a, a partition, that there's finally a clear spot, a way to define this. At last, however, a plain line of cleavage could be seen between professionalism and non-professionalism. So for professionalism, we're dealing with a definition of something like the behavior or actions of a trained or educated, specifically educated person. It goes on. When we had agreed that the 12th step couldn't be sold for money, we had been wise. But when we had declared that our fellowship couldn't hire service workers, nor could any AA member carry our knowledge into other fields, we were taking the counsel of fear. Fear which today has been largely dispelled in light of experience. So they were afraid of the dilution or changing of the AA message because it gets lent out. And honestly, he's going to talk about this too. It wasn't our secret society, right? It's not treasured proprietary information. We don't have a patent on it. We didn't figure out this way to God that no one else can know unless they're an alcoholic, right? None of that. So as time went by and the application of the 12 steps found its way into other places, it did not damage AA at all. And that's an important thing. And the second thing to read into this that's important is what he's talking about here is the trial and error that is not described really well right here. And he's going to go on a little bit about that. Take the case of the club janitor and cook. If a club is going to function, it has to be habitable and hospitable. We tried volunteers who were quickly disenchanted, meaning they couldn't deal with it. This is not fun with sweeping floors and brewing coffee seven days a week. They just didn't show up. Even more important, an empty club couldn't answer its telephone, but it was an open invitation to a drunk on a binge who possessed a spare key. So somebody had to look after the place full time. If we hired an alcoholic, he'd receive only what we'd have to pay a non-alcoholic for the same job. So it's just a normal equal compensation it's not more or less there's no ego involved in other words hey we're going to pay you so much more and there's no ego and ego involved by the volunteer or the person doing the work like oh i'll just do it for so much less right because i'm like awesome that way i'm super service dude but i will take the five bucks an hour now either way we're going to just pay what we would normally pay the job was not to do 12-step work it was to make 12-step work possible it was a service proposition, pure and simple. Neither could AA itself function without full-time workers. At the foundation and intergroup offices, we couldn't employ non-alcoholics as secretaries. We had to have people who knew the AA pitch, but the minute we hired them, the ultra-conservative and fearful ones shrilled. Professionalism, 
at one period, the status of these faithful servants was almost unbearable. Hmm, too bad to be accepted, right? So as these people filled in these positions and roles, there's a lot of contention in AA about it. Some people are fine with it. Other people say, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. So you got the corporate poverty idea of, of the previous financial steps, four, five, six, and seven. And now we have this idea that it's professional, professionally impoverished, that we're not going to bring skills to bear. And that's not going to turn out to be a good thing. It goes on. They weren't asked to speak at AA meetings because they were making money out of AA at times. They were actually shunned by fellow members. Even the charitably disposed described them as a necessary evil. So it's just this highly negative point of view on the whole thing. Committees took full advantage of this attitude to, to, to depress their salaries. So they would ask them to take even less. They could regain some measure of virtue, it was thought, if they worked for AA real cheap. So that's the other side of pride and ego, isn't it? There's, there's, there's the side of the organization saying, we're going to pay our people better than anybody else because they're awesome. And then there's these, uh, this other side that I'm going to take this job because I'm so awesome and I'm going to not take any pay. Neither one of them worked. Hmm. These notions persisted for years, trial and error, the perfect teacher playing itself out. Then we saw that if a hardworking secretary answered the phone dozens of times a day, listened to 20 wailing wives, arranged hospitalization and got sponsorship for 10 newcomers and was gently diplomatic with the irate drunk who complained about the job she was doing and how she was overpaid, then such a person could surely not be called a professional AA. Huh. She was not professionalizing the 12-step. She was just making it possible. Moving people through to the help that they require is not 12-step work. Ah. Moving people through to the help they require is not 12-step work, because that's what this person is doing. She was helping to give the man coming in the door the break he ought to have moving people through to the help that they need. Volunteer committeemen and assistants could be of great help, but they could not be expected to carry this load day in and day out. There it is. We are a volunteer group. However, we've got to be able to locate these people and the places that Bill went, towns, hospital, churches, asylums, were full of paid people paid professionals that were bringing these people, these prospects and making them available to Bill and Dr. Bob and the early founders so that they could work this program out as they tried to carry the message of this new way to recover to the people who still suffer. So this is really something that's been done all along. We're just more focused and taking a more direct approach. At the foundation, the same story repeats itself. Eight tons of books and literature per month do not package and channel themselves all over the world. Sacks of letters on every conceivable AA problem ranging from a lonely heart Eskimo to the growing veins of thousands of groups must be answered by people who know, who know, who know. That's so important. Right contacts with the world outside have to be maintained. AA's lifelines have to be tended. So we hire AA staff members. We pay them well, and they earn what they get. They are professional secretaries, but they certainly are not professional AAs. 
Perhaps the fear will always lurk in every AA heart that one day our name will be exploited by someone for real cash. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of treatment centers. If you're anything like me, maybe you thought, well, of course, that's being done in treatment centers all the time right now. Right? They bring the 12 steps in there. Well, let's just remember this. The 12 steps are not owned by Alcoholics Anonymous. We do not have a corner on the market of God. We do not own any of this. So when they use the 12-step format, it's fine. It's fine. When they use AA members with only AA experience and have them teach AA stuff for money, that's not fine. It doesn't change that they can use the 12 steps. Hmm. Even the suggestions of such a thing never fails to whip up a hurricane. And we have discovered that hurricanes have a way of mauling or to tear things apart with equal severity, both the just and the unjust. They are always unreasonable. We have ceased fighting everyone and anything. No individuals have been more buffeted by such emotional gusts than those AAs bold enough to accept employment with outside agencies dealing with the alcohol problem. A university wanted an AA member to educate the public on alcoholism. A corporation wanted a personnel man familiar with the subject. A state drunk farm wanted a manager who could really handle inebriates. A city wanted an experienced social worker who understood what alcohol could do to a family. A state alcohol commission wanted a paid researcher. These are only a few of the jobs which AA members as individuals have been asked to fill. Now and then, AA members have bought farms or rest homes where badly beat up toppers could find needed care. Toppers are just alcoholics, right? The question was, and sometimes still is, are such activities to be branded as professionalism under AA tradition? We think the answer is no. Members who select such full-time careers do not professionalize AA's 12th step. The road to this conclusion was long and rocky. Trial and error, the perfect teacher. At first, we couldn't see the real issue involved. In former days, the moment an AA hired out to such enterprises, he was immediately tempted to use the name Alcoholics Anonymous for publicity or money-raising purposes. That is the problem. Drunk farms, educational ventures, state legislatures, and commissions advertise the fact that AA members serve them. Unthinkingly, AA so employed recklessly broke anonymity to thump the tub for their pet enterprise. That's where we go wrong. That's where we go wrong. For this reason, some very good causes and all connected with them suffered unjust criticism from AA groups. Unjust criticism. So they broke the rule, but we have this idea that you have the right to be wrong, right? We learn from trial and error. So they broke the rule. And then here comes that hurricane of criticism. And he thinks that's unjust as he writes this. Hmm. For this reason, some very good causes and all connected with them suffered unjust criticism from AA groups. More often than not, these onslaughts were spearheaded by the cry, professionalism, that guy is making money out of AA. So he said that a lot of times. And that's the perspective that we gain in our minds when we see somebody working in the field or a drug court or a sober living or whatever. That might be what comes to mind. The question is, are they using it or calling themselves AA members for the sake of their job? Are they calling their whole name and not maintaining anonymity 
on the basis of this work to leverage the AA name into the job as opposed to just attending to it as an individual with a set of skills. Hmm. That guy is making money out of AA, they would cry. Yet not a single one of them had been hired to do AA's 12-step work. The violation in these instances was not professionalism at all. It was breaking anonymity. AA's sole purpose was being compromised, and the name of Alcoholics Anonymous was being misused. It is significant now that almost no AA in our fellowship breaks anonymity at the public level that nearly all these fears have subsided. We see that we have no right or need to discourage AAs who wish to work as individuals in these wider fields. Hmm. It would, it would be actually antisocial were we to forbid them. We cannot declare AA such a closed corporation that we keep our knowledge and experience top secret. We're not a secret society, right? We're not some sort of weird cult. If an AA member acting as a citizen can become a better researcher, educator, personnel officer, then why not? Everybody gains and we have lost nothing. True. Some of the projects to which AAs have attached themselves have been ill-conceived, but that makes not the slightest difference with the principle involved. This is the exciting welter, large and confusing thing of events. This is the, this is the exciting result of settling that confusion. This is the exciting welter of events, which has finally cast up AA's tradition of non-professionalism. Our 12th step is never to be paid for, but those who labor in service for us are worthy of their hire. So when we think of professionalism and all, let's just remember, it really just has to do with 12-step work. When you get called out to help another alcoholic and carry the message of AA, you cannot, should not, hopefully do not collect any type of fee for that or do it as a job in the spirit of AA. That is not to say that you can't be an intervention counselor and mention AA as a potential solution. It's that you maintain your anonymity in the midst of it. So it's really that simple. From a personal level and a great place for discussion is to talk about it in terms of what does the eighth tradition mean for me? That there's a place that I don't need help, that I go to AA, that I go to my sponsors, that I manage within the program. And those are my issues related to alcoholism, right? That's the singleness of purpose. That's why we're there. So I go in there and I, I work around and I talk about the thoughts of relapse. And I talk about how the whiskey smell or the beer smell comes popping up in the back of my nose sometimes. Or I think about getting mad and my first reaction is to notice every liquor store on my way home that day. Or I think about, you know, just trashing my whole life. Or maybe it's the suicide thought, which maybe at that point, maybe that's the point where we go for outside help. That's the difference. There's a place where outside help is necessary for this alcoholic. And I believe that's true for all of us. And we don't have any trouble when that's true with our car. And we don't have any trouble when that's true with our plumbing. And we don't have any trouble when that's true with our electrical work. And many, many, many an alcoholic has tried to repair that stuff on their own only to require even more outside help than ever as a result. So we all understand this. How hard is it for you to go get outside help when it's time? That's the point for discussion. 
we understand, I think, that our rooms need to be cleaned, our books need to be kept, that we're relying on all sorts of people. We also understand that the psychologists, psychiatrists, the clergy, and the law enforcement places that bring people's attention to our local AA meeting, they're all paid people, but they're not doing our 12th step work. They're just feeding the pipeline, so to speak. It is our job. I think we get that. Have you been challenged by that idea? And if so, how does that equate in your personal life again? Let's just think about it. How hard is it to step out of AA and go get help? There's a friend of mine who loves to say, the big book will solve all of your problems. And it, it'll solve your problems related to alcohol that is indisputably true from my point of view, right? However, if it solved every problem, then why do we have like 250 different pamphlets, right? So there's a lot of things out there that may require us to step outside and get some help. So think about that today. How hard is it for you to step out and get outside help for the things other than alcohol, and even maybe, maybe if it's just so hard to stay sober, perhaps even your alcoholism and the problems around that. I hope you have a great discussion.